Hello and welcome to Not Exactly a Citizen Kane. The episode you're about to listen to is part one of a much longer conversation. Also, at the time of recording, and this uh, gives you a little hint into how far in advance we actually record these, um, the most recent Oscars were the uh, 2020 Oscars, the 92nd Academy Awards. Um, So when you hear us referring to them as such, we haven't gone crazy and are just trying to block out the last year from our minds as much as we might want to. Um, So yeah, please enjoy. again uh not exactly citizen kane the film podcast we watch films we talk about them sometimes evidently we get quite cross about them um i'm joined by my co-host uh also my stuntman he's indestructible throw him off the house he won't care uh it's jana kensett hello 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 jana I might be indestructible on the outside, but you can still <laughs> break my heart, Alex. Yes, well, I'm working on it one day. Yeah. Um, have you had any fights with hippies on uh, abandoned film sets lately? Um, a couple, but no more than usual. Okay, well, that's now, good. That's good that you're keeping your eye in with it. All. Yeah, well, you've got you to exercise the muscle memory with, you know, punching socialists. But- yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I would, I would just hop in and say that describing the Manson family as socialists is oh, a little yeah. stretch. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> I, would, I think go. the hippies would take. take well, you know, yeah, 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 exactly. Not I think exactly. if you're well, a murderer, you're not really toting love and peace, are you? Yes, yes. Well, that's something to discuss, possibly. Um, I think that's probably a fact. Well, no, it is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. It is a fact. What I was suggesting is that it's something to discuss uh, Quentin Tarantino's portrayal of, of the, the Manson, Manson family, family yeah. as hippies is a bit of a weird, yeah. bit of a curio. Should we uh, introduce our guest? Yes, today? I think that's, that's the best way forward. Uh, it is. We've left her waiting long enough. Um, we're very excited about this. We always yeah. are. We say that every week, but we are excited. Um, and she's fantastic. She's a singer-songwriter. Uh, she's got some songs out you can go and listen to them immediately uh, i know her so does jonah you know what just one of our friends again but uh she's very cool uh she dresses up as people in these films sometimes not always um way too cool for this podcast but here we go <laughs> yeah, anyway way too cool for this podcast but you know what she's humoring us so that's good uh it's avril amber hello avril hello hi how are you I'm good. I love the fact that you've basically just um, introduced me as almost like a cosplayer. (laughs) (laughs) Possibly a bit misleading. Just just to clarify, I am absolutely not a cosplayer. It was just a Halloween thing once, but yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, if you get some traction out of it, it's probably a a new career to Um, direction to. Do you know what? I I might consider it now. Yeah. Might. Yeah. A bit of a a sideline just between between shows is just kind of. (laughs) Just something to keep me going. Yeah, yeah. appearing at parties dressed as Wacken Phoenix, I think is is yeah, definitely a way I mean, to go. Playing as Wacken Phoenix, but like in Walk the Line or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, is, you know. is it just joking? I, yeah. think, I, could, you, I do... think I could pull it off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> give, give me give me some Johnny Cash cosplay. Why not? Yeah. Um, 
Yes, excellent. Uh, you're a, you're a singer songwriter. Can you tell yes. us what you've been up to on that front? You've got stuff in the pipeline, I I believe. Uh, uh, I I do. Um, I have been working on a like a couple of new things. Still very early stages at the moment, but yeah, just trying to spend the last couple of uh, well, the last like year, I guess, trying to make the most of not having to work. Um, yes. By by yes. doing other work. So yeah. Well, you know that's great. Um, yeah. Do you know, you, one of your songs is called Whiplash, which is a film we talked about. <laughs> um, I think not, it's very Not bold. inspired by those events, sadly, uh, but, but I'm but, convinced yeah. you were singing about Miles Teller. Should we uh, get right into it? What year have you brought on, Avril? Uh, so I've brought on the most recent Oscars, uh, the 90, 92nd, 92nd, 92nd Oscars, yeah. um, so the 2020 ceremony. Um, yeah, do you want me to well, yeah. why? And, and, and here's my next question. Why have you chosen <laughs> uh, that year? Got to jump the gun. Um, so it was, I guess it was because it was the most fresh in my mind. Mm. Um, I, I, I remember it very, very clearly still. Um, and I'd watched a lot of the movies that had been nominated for Best Picture before they'd even be, before they'd been nominated by the Academy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'd already had kind of like a, a preconception about what I thought about the movies before the Academy had basically like verified that they were, you know, best best picture noms. Um, and I feel like there's quite a lot. There was like there was a lot of controversy over last year's ceremony regarding like you know the lack of diversity and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it was just quite interesting how in that year you had one of the best picture noms, in fact, the winner, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> yes. be, be, be a foreign, be a foreign film. And I, I just thought it was quite interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I, it, it, we, we always say that this, this uh, podcast works slightly less well when the Academy got it right. Um, yes, and damn it. this year, <laughs> I think it's fair to say that the Academy has never got it more right than, mm-hmm. than giving Parasite the best picture, which is which is absolutely thrilling, and it's really interesting because a couple of well, the, the episode before the one before this one uh, was with 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 our, with our friend Jack, and um, he brought on 1969. So that was the 70 second. Was it the 70 second? No, the 40 second. I can't remember. 40 the 40. Yeah. I think it was the 40 second Academy Award 1969, which is 50 years before this one. Yeah, and that was the year that the Academy first awarded a nomination for Best Picture to a foreign language film. Zed. Uh, Zed, yes. Which by Costa Gavros. By Costa Gavros, yes. Yeah. You're there with the facts. This is fantastic. That's such a brilliant name, isn't it? Costa Gavros. Uh, yeah, it is, isn't it? it, it Costa Gavros. It's the easiest Costa one Gavros. we had when we were trying to pronounce all the names from that <laughs> from Oh, that my film. God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was, it was some hairy moments there. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but I find it really interesting that, that our, it's a lovely round number 50 years later one has finally finally won yeah. uh and also another little interesting ceremony fact before we get into the films um this year there was no host uh and that was the second time in two years that that had happened the year before also no host mm-hmm. and back in 1969 there was no host and that was the second time that had happened having previously happened the time before isn't that just a beautiful kind of coincidence. Exactly 50 years between those Almost two Almost too coincidental. Mm, <laughs> I think they're yes. planning something. Yeah. Um, the cyclical yeah, nature of awards say. is, yeah. 
needs to be explored in great detail. I mean, they do just, you know, go in a cycle of awarding the, the you know, the same kind of awards of the same kind of films, but not this year, which is well, why it's a fun year exactly. to talk about. Yes. And, and, and you're, you're right, Ev, this year was such a kind of, a, a parasite aside, in many ways, such a car crash in terms of diversity and kind of Greta Gerwig, for example, not getting nominated for Best Director. It's just oh. a oh. crime. Mm. And, Makes me uh, angry. Or, and also, uh, uh, oh, what's her name? The f- director of The Farewell as well. Uh, 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 Lulu, Lulu Wang. Lulu Wang. There you go. Um, yeah, also the director of The Farewell, Lulu Wang. Uh, <laughs> Not not getting nominated for Best Director or indeed Best Picture. I think The Farewell could be up here. Um, yes, yes. And there was only one uh, person of colour in the acting categories, uh, Cynthia Erivo for Harriet, mm. which is a bit criminal. And then this year, we're recording this just after the nominations for this year has come out and things are much better. There are yeah, many more. Thank, thank God. Um, which is great. But But I just remember Parasite being such a relief so I, I was yeah. so convinced it wasn't going to happen because it wasn't going to happen, and then it did. And and it mm-hmm. is, you know, it is the best film of these of yeah. these eight. Yeah, uh, I remember seeing the announcement and you know w- watching it actually happen, and um, and I just I just sat there thinking that they're, they're not going to win. They're, they're just not. I would like yeah. them to, but they're not. And then they did, and I was so happy. I I think I did a little scream when I heard because <laughs> it just it really did deserve it so yeah they, they, they did well in that category for sure it was a sensation that film it just it i don't know yeah, for a, yeah. a foreign language film in like the, the nature of britain and its relationship with language is it's mm. such a weird toxic thing like it i, I really always is. like we're i find this really interesting that we're one of the first things we're taught in schools i mean we're the whole way we're taught language is wrong but the way we're taught you know, the first things we get, we have to learn is like how to say my name is, right? Mm. You go to, you go to other countries and there's children who want to practice their English and they're taught, what is your name? <laughs> Which, so it's just a complete flip of, but. So, that is so interesting. Like, like I didn't know that. Yeah. But their whole approach is like, oh, well, we have to cater our. Exactly. Almost, almost our education yeah. system for the benefit of english speakers but um, also you can like if you want to tell someone what your name is you just point at yourself and say your name but <laughs> but i just think it's uh, that just illustrates the point of how if for a foreign language film to be such a sensation in in the uk i think is is such an achievement mm-hmm. and that's through you know that's through word of mouth because i went to watching this film not knowing anything about it and i think that's the best way to watch it for the first time it's just going completely blind yeah because it just blows you away to the point where i'm gonna say right now um obviously we'll do what we always do we'll flag up spoilers as we come to them i'll put some timestamps in the the description um so you can avoid but if if you haven't seen parasites (laughs) yeah Stop right now, right now. Just stop right. I don't care who you are. Oh, I don't really like subtitles. Don't care. I don't really like, don't, don't care. Do not care. It doesn't really appeal. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's, it's transcendent. It's yeah. so good. Go it's away. funny that you say that about, you know, I don't like subtitles and people using that as an excuse not to watch foreign cinema. I, I feel like Parasite was the, yeah, the best. Uh, totally. It was it was it was just the best version of a film for you to say that does not matter. You do not need 
subtitles. And in his exception speech, um, Bong Joon Ho was saying, you know, if you can get past the one inch yeah, uh, yeah, subtitle yeah. Of, of a movie, then you will open your you will open your eyes to the world of cinema, of foreign cinema, and how there is so much more out there than just what we see as like native English speakers. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So so go away, watch it, and then come back and listen to this. And yeah. That's, and that's fine, that's fine. Then we'll we'll welcome you back with open arms. But it just for you, watch it without knowing anything. Yeah. Please, because that's the best the best way. It, it, and we'll <laughs> talk about it. We'll talk about third act stuff, I'm sure, because you kind of have to, I think, with Parasite. Yeah. Because it's mm. such a clever, such a clever film. Um Right. Should we should we go through the nominations? Um yes. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll get the music up. Music up. Good, 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 good. Uh, the nominations were 1917. Ford v Ferrari. The Irishman. Jojo Rabbit. Joker. Little Women. Marriage Story. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Parasite. Lovely, That's, lovely, yeah. fantastic! Right, <laughs> I know, I know. You get taken away, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> um, uh, right. Where, where do you want to start? What do you want to talk about? Um, let's start with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So um, this is was it? Then it's the well, it's described it's as not the, ninth the ninth film. film. It's no, like it's the not the tenth and a half film from from. Uh, we're not forgetting four rooms, Quentin, Quentin. and uh, and Kill Bill is two. It's two films, right? Yeah. It's got. It's. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It is. It is. It's two films. Two sets of credits. Two films. Um, I think it'd be better as one film. I've said this before. Do you think? Yeah, I, I think most of the first film and, and yeah. the first. Act, anyway, that's not the film we're talking about. <laughs> we're not doing. I have my own thoughts Kill on Kill Bill. <laughs> um, yes, the ninth film, <clears throat> tenth. Uh, and a half from Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, I wasn't fussed about this when I saw it the first time. I was kind of lukewarm and I've seen it a lot since. I don't know why I keep watching it, but I I, I think I have to accept that I really like this. Um, I think it's flawed. I don't think Tarantino has made an unflawed film, really. Um, at least not not for a while. But but it's, I don't know. I, I think two powerhouse performances. Yeah. Uh, well, three really. My well, is great in this. You keep going back and you keep going back and forward on this one, Alex, because you keep I th- you keep saying to me, "I don't like it. I do like it. I don't like it. I do like it." Yeah. So yeah, you're I genuinely don't know. But you, <laughs> I feel like you've landed more on the side of you like it. it. Yeah, I think I have to accept that I like it. I, I kind of, I think I would prefer to be the kind of person who doesn't like it because I think that might be the right side of history, but. Every time I watch this, I think something different, <laughs> genuinely. Um, and this time for this, I came much more down on the positive side. And actually the last time, I think I'm evening out. I think I just find that world he paints so much fun. Yeah. So basically, there's not much plot, really. It's 1969, Hollywood, uh, a washed up actor and his stunt double hang out for a week. And also Sharon Tate is living her life Uh despite bad things possibly coming for her because we know history, right? Yeah. That's the film. Um, this film, as well as The Irishman, kind of play a lot with, like, American history. So it's kind yeah. of, it's one of those ones that um, if you're not aware of it as an English person, you probably don't get the same sort of effect of the film, maybe. 
But yeah, so but what I mean, this film and there's potential spoilers in this, but this is a trait of Tarantino is um, portraying an alternate timeline of history, shall we say? So without spoiling the third act of the film, it's an alternate reality where um, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is this kind of um, cowboy film and TV star, and basically it's it's putting him into a real Hollywood with real characters other than him yeah it's kind of dropping these guys into history yeah um av what do you think (laughs) i so so i I watched this in the cinema when it first came out um and i i I fell asleep (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm not ashamed to say that um and uh, to be well i mean i fell asleep at quite a um quite a boring time in the film I, I feel like it was quite a it was a good place for me to fall asleep it was when um yeah Leonardo DiCaprio's character is um messing up all his takes oh and, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so, yeah, so I feel like uh, yeah I, I missed I missed you know a, a portion of the film where it wasn't important for me to be paying too much attention which is good um I wasn't really paying attention for the rest of it until maybe the last kind of 20 minutes where it actually <laughs> amped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It becomes and, a Tarantino film very quickly. Yes, yeah. All of a sudden I was watching, yeah, I, I was watching a movie that I didn't believe was Tarantino <laughs> up until the final, you know, pivotal scene, I guess. And I'm, again, I'm a bit like Alex. I really don't know where I sit with this one. I, I want to say that I like it for, for reasons that don't make it a best picture. Yeah. Like I, th- right, I think it's yeah. good in all in in the technical aspects and like the performances are brilliant, but in terms of being a best picture, I just I I just don't know if 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 the story was compelling enough throughout. Yeah, no, I think I think I agree with that. I think it's fun, and it's I, the bits that I enjoyed the best were like the fake, you know, the put, putting. Leonardo DiCaprio into like old TV shows, putting him into The Great Escape and all that kind of fantastic, or the fake kind of um, Nazi film he's in with the flamethrower. Yeah, Yeah. all that stuff is. (laughs) But that's just that's just because you could tell they were just having fun making that. So, but yeah, yeah, but I agree. There's there's no story to that. It's just fun like little vignettes. But but I don't think that's a problem. Problem. Okay. Hey. Hey. Do you know what? I'm going to stand up for this film. I t- tell you what. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Turns out I love it. Um. I think what I like about it. It's not. You're right. It's not a. It's not a fast film. <laughs> it's and it's very. Yeah. It lulls you. I think. And I think that's sort of the point. But but it 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 kind of lulls you into this warm water that is Hollywood in the sixties. Right. It's like. It's not. It's it's idyllic in a to a certain extent, and you're just staying with these guys. You're just staying with these guys, and unbeknownst to you, Tarantino is, I think, teaching you everything you're going to need to know for that last half hour. Yeah, um, he's setting it up, and that's kind of all that half of the film is doing. And it's like a lot. It's like an hour and a half of of just space of just it's a hangout movie. Yeah, really, it's kind of nothing else. Um, and yeah, do you know what the him filming the cowboy TV show could have done with us of that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, originally yeah. there were two sections of that. As as is, originally Tarantino wanted four 
Lancer, that's the name of the show, sections. Oh, uh, God. We were going to see the whole episode, the whole episode he's in. Um, well, thank God he yeah, helped thank- us <laughs> the, well, the edit that they did. Um, Am I right in saying that, Tarantino, that they're making that show? I'm sure I read oh, somewhere that they're, you make, this? they're making that show. I've heard this from you, but Lancer is a real show. I thought it was just based... Oh, well, no, no, maybe. no. Bounty Law, I think you're oh, talking about right. Bounty yeah. Law, which yeah. is... Oh my, yeah. Bounty Law is what I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're falling into the Tarantino. The, the, the thing about, thing about Bounty Law is that that's the... That's my Tarantino impression. Um, <laughs> think about, think about violence, right? Think about violence. Um, because it's fun! <laughs> yeah. I couldn't remember the interviewer's name, damn it. Because it's fun, Jackie! God. Um, I'm shutting your. But I think is Tarantino makes good films, right? But he doesn't help himself, does he? He, no. <laughs> he doesn't come across well in every interview. Um, and uh, yeah, I've sort of lost my thread, much like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood does. Uh, meanders uh, from well, from meanders cleverly though. It, yeah, you know, like yeah, you're I saying think. it does all fall into place at the end. And the bit where, mm. for example, there's a bit in this film where. You have, so you have the the cowboy episode where Leo's playing a villain, right? And he, so he walks into a fake saloon and faces some bad guys like a cowboy would, right? But he's acting, he's acting. And then the next scene, you have Brad Pitt walking into a cowboy town, into a, you know, facing bad guys, but he's really doing it. And so you've got stuff like that. The whole film is telling you Brad Pitt is a superhero, right? This guy, Cliff Booth, he is indestructible. Well, he's, he he's is, the real star, isn't it? Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. He got Best Supporting Actor for this, Brad Pitt. Deserved, I think. But I, I think it's his movie. I think he's, he's, he's the guy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree with that. Not that Leo isn't fantastic in it, because he is. And I think it's tough what he's doing, because it's quite subtle, actually. Mm. Um but Brad Pitt's stunning in it. And he's, I mean, he's nearly 60 and and he looks like that. And he looks I mean, like that. Ridiculous. Yeah. And he, did you, I don't know if you noticed, he takes his shirt off in this one. Um, <laughs> and he's on the roof. Oh, or yeah, no, I didn't notice that yeah, at yeah, all. Didn't, didn't like, what are you talking about? about? Turns out he's quite, he's a looker. He's, uh, um, <laughs> you know, I've been saying it for years, but I just don't think Hollywood has <laughs> given Brad Pitt, you know, he's, he's, he should be on, you know, he should yeah. be on. Front yeah, and that, that opinion is a bit left field, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. He's got into fights, Jonah, for saying yeah. that. You know, I think Brad Pitt's quite attractive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Should we talk about Margot Robbie? Because there was controversy over how little she has to say specifically, yeah. um, and uh, I think it is. Uh, the problem is, women in cinema are not given their due a lot of the time. And even though I think there is, you could argue in this film, it makes a certain degree. Because what she, she's kind of like, I'm saying the thing about these films, because they're so recent, I'm saying things I've heard other people say because the dialogue is so fresh, right? Um, but she's almost like the, the angel of old Hollywood, right? And, yeah. and we know, okay, spoilers, but it's history. Sharon Tate got horribly murdered by the Manson family. Yeah. And it's almost like her death that we know is going to happen is the thing that ends this vision of Hollywood because Hollywood changed after that happened. And so she's kind of, he's deliberately not letting you into her life much more than saying, look, she's just a normal person and she's going to become this 
tragic symbol of this horrible event. Um, like coming on from that point of her just being like a normal person and that event almost kind of made her more famous. Yeah, like yeah, she's, yeah. she's synonymously known for being murdered by the yeah. Manson family. I would assume for a lot of people who are not you know, familiar with her movies. But I think that her, her portrayal in this, um, or, I mean, not her portrayal, the, the way that she was written for this, yeah. or the fact, the lack of what she was written yeah. for this, did a disservice to the character. She was, we okay. weren't allowed to get to know kind of who she was other than the fact that she was going to be associated with this crime that, you know, in, in the universe did not happen. And I would have liked yeah. to have seen more from her when the movie was kind of like surrounded by her, really. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was promoted very much as her being kind of the third lead, wasn't well, yeah, it? And yes, three, yeah, yeah. And three of them. And is... she's not the lead. And I think you're right. I no, think no, actually everything... All. Everything I get, everything that works with her comes from how good Margot Robbie is. Yeah. Um, she doesn't she does need to say loads. anything to steal the show, but yeah, it exactly. would help. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. She she totally kills what she's given, but I think you're right. It's totally a shame that she's not given more. And I think it probably does do, it could be a lot more powerful if we knew more of what we were losing, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I'm, I think... It, with with the way that he decided to end the whole show with uh, not the show um the way that he decided to end the film with her not being murdered anymore i guess that that kind of gives her a bit more credit in that in that way but i just i just spoiler yeah yeah quick quick spoiler that but i just i feel like when i was watching the movie i I, I wanted to get to know her more. I yeah. felt like she could have been a really compelling character to get to watch. And I'm sure one day we might end up with kind of a, a Sharon Tate biopic or something. Well, um, there, there was one same year, which apparently is dreadful. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me just pull it up. Hang on. Yeah, I think the two, the, the well, again, the two, the one with you know, Leo and Brad's, the parallels between them as the as the actor and the stuntman, they work together on their own. But I think it's yes, it's trying to have your cake and eat it with the Sharon Tate stuff as well. Yeah, I mean they're they're connected because they all know each other. Like, yeah. Obviously, Sharon Tate is is um their is neighbor. the neighbor. Yeah. So yes, they they are connected, but the the journeys that their characters go on are they couldn't be more different. Yeah. I just don't. I yeah. You're you're kind of being told three very very different stories. Um, and I was far more compelled by um, by the Manson the Manson family um, kind of storyline that was going on. I would have yeah. much rather have seen a film about that than I would about the other two that were being yeah. presented. I think it's. I mean, I think the concept is really clever. Is so. I mean, mm. so this is going to be the big spoilery part. Is that it? Um, you're kind of if you know what happens to Sharon Tate, so. It's it's basically plonking um, Leonardo DiCaprio's actor character. He's ne- he's a next door neighbor to her and Roman Polanski, and then yeah. every so often you just get drips of the Manson family building up to this event. That so you know you you, you know, if you know history, you know what's going to happen. You've got this dread throughout building, yeah, of what's going to yeah. happen. But at the at the end, it's the fact that they've put this new character in is that they go to the wrong house and they and they 
get killed by the Manson. The th- I can't remember the names of the th- of the yeah. Let's I the, the, the oh. ho- horrible I don't, people. I don't know. Yeah. It's not, let's it's not <laughs> waste time no. giving them names. But Maya so, Hawk runs away. Yeah, um, Maya Hawk is in this. We've mentioned her before. She's brilliant. I didn't mention that she's also a brilliant musician. Uh, check out Maya Hawk's music. We like Maya Hawk. Um, she's not actually a member of the Manson family. Otherwise, we wouldn't like Maya yeah. Hawk. Um, but I think sorry, it's. Carry I, on. I think that. I like that I, the idea of like that, just what, because it, it does all the things kind of roll into place. Because there's a scene earlier on where you see them kind of scoping out the house and um, Emilio mm. gets out and starts yelling at so you. Could, it, you see by just inserting them into the history and it creates this alternate reality, like in um, Django Unchained or in Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Spoiler yeah. for. <laughs> well, no, I haven't spoiled why that's, but it's a trope of Tarantino of creating this alternate history. But I, but I agree with Av that I think you'd still get more if you knew Sharon Tate and you spent the whole movie getting to know her, thinking, "Oh, we're going to lose." It's going to be, you know, expecting her to die horribly, and then you get that relief of her being saved. I think you'd still get more from spending more time with her. One could argue that that would be slightly in less good... Well, there's an argument that, as is, it's not in amazingly good taste, mm. this film. Uh, I think her fam- I think her sister has kind of given this film her blessing. She she was okay yeah. with it and was quite nice about it um, after seeing it. But you could... But I think if you had spent more... T- I, I, can, um, I can understand without necessarily agreeing that if you're a filmmaker making this story... If you're obviously Tarantino is not afraid to rub people up the wrong way, um, which actually is one of the reasons I think what it, I've said watching it the first time and then watching it the second time that it's like two different films. Because the first time, if you don't know what's going to happen, you spend the whole film going, and, and especially at the end, it kind of starts it starts breaking it down. You know, if you know the history, you know what's going to happen, and you're going, oh my god, I hope they. I mean, if anyone's going to show the Manson murders, it's going to be him, right? And I, oh God. And you're just feeling incredibly uncomfortable, which I think is totally the point. And then he subverts it and you kind of, so there's added catharsis to, to when Brad Pitt kind of wails on them. Yeah. Um, And it's full on. Yeah. yeah, It's almost too full on, I would say. Um, it, It gets... It's uncomfortable. And again, I don't think this is, I think Tarantino, Tarantino has had a lot of criticism lobbied on him for uh, about violence towards women. And I think sometimes that is just, that that criticism is justified. With this, three of them went to the house and two of them were women. And I think that's irrelevant to the fact that Tarantino wants to punish these horrible people, right? At the same time, there is something really uncomfortable about Brad Pitt throwing that woman's head into the, telephone and the yeah i mean it's not a nice watch um and the dog as well i mean oh, you wouldn't want one of them on you would you um but again it's that set up quite nice that he's his relationship with the dog is set yeah. up yeah, quite yeah, nice yeah. it's yeah, yeah. yeah. the mechanics of it is brilliant it's just <laughs> but, but, but what i was saying is Execution. i can imagine yeah giving i can imagine kind of giving more time to sharon tate Feel as a filmmaker, I can imagine you going, "Oh, I hope I, that might be a bit tasteless." Kind of, kind mm. of making it more about, "Oh no, we lost her," you know. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, um, yeah. But that said, said, yeah, the haunting of Sharon Tate, which is a horror film that came out in two thousand nineteen, um, 
uh, let me just read you the synopsis. Oh. I'm on Wikipedia, other oh. websites. The haunting doesn't isn't. I yeah, mean, it's a horror film. Uh, basically, <sighs> Sharon Tate. I'm reading here. Mm. Hilary Duff plays her. Uh, Hilary has Duff premoni- has premonitions uh, of her murder, and it's all about that. It doesn't mm. doesn't sound doesn't sound nice no, because um, again, and apparently it's fucking dreadful and people were quite cross about it but like av was saying that then she's just the woman who's famous for being murdered yeah exactly and there's nothing about her life i think that's what i think what tarantino does really interestingly in this is there's that i think the best sharon tate bit for me is when she goes to the cinema yeah and she looks she watches the wrecking crew and it's actually the wrecking crew it's actually sharon tate Mm. it's not her and I think, and actually, I heard an interview with Tarantino where he said he watched The Wrecking Crew before he knew what happened to Sharon Tate. So he wow, was like, yeah. and he loved her in this film. And he was like, this film wasn't great, but she was amazing in it. According to him, he was quite young at the time, he says. And then he went home and found out that she'd got murdered. And so actually, I think there is a level of him sort of, and that scene with her, she's kind of not sure that she belongs. She's kind of, you can see that she's, and then they, the audience start laughing at her and she kind of, it's beautifully shot. And I think actually it goes along, I think it does what you're saying. It kind of rehabilitates in a way her memory. It kind of says, look, she did other things. She's an actress first, right? She's not a victim first. Um. I agree. I think there could be more of that. And I think that could be more explicit as well. I think you have to actively want to read it that way. I think that need, that would um, be a different film. It would need to be a film that focuses. Yeah. You can't have have that in constant, unless she's the protagonist of these bits with with the other two. I don't know. I think it would have to be a different film to do yeah, that properly. it definitely would not be a Tarantino no. movie. <laughs> yes, yes. Um yeah, there's a lightness of touch needed for that, I think, that I'm not sure Tarantino Not horrific ha- violence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Um, uh, there's almost not much more to say, is there really? Um, uh, I think I think it's beautifully shot. The, the, the sequence where he goes to the cowboy ranch is amazing. I think yeah. it's just so yes, tense. Yeah, those, uh, those are the moments in the film where I was like actively paying a lot of attention to it um yeah and like hence why i think that would have been the movie that i would have preferred to have seen over the one that was kind of given yeah yeah that's fair enough i think i think that's totally fair enough yeah um i mean is that everything are we happy with leaving it leaving it there with what's yeah, going on Hollywood? do you have so. yeah i think it's a really fun film but I don't know. I feel I feel really I feel really weird watching like Tarantino films because I think by nature I want to be I I, I you know I, I do not condone violence, but you do get a kind of Wah! don't you? Yeah, when which, that happens. Which, well, actually, I did, yeah. and you didn't. I don't think. Maybe that's maybe I'm more bloodthirsty than. Well, <laughs> I think I think you do up to a point. Yeah, there's a point. Yeah, actually, you're right. I I think a, and, and I think this is engineer. I think this is deliberate as well. I think there is mm. a point where he wants you to stop. Yeah, inj- at the beginning. When it starts happening, because it because it's so cleverly been set up, and um, and you have Chekhov's loaded uh, dog, um, and Chekhov's loaded acid dipped cigarette, yeah, uh, kind of running in the background, and you know what's going to happen, and and then when it starts happening, you have that feeling of catharsis, and it's thrilling, and also yeah. you've been watching a Tarantino film for almost two hours, and there hasn't been any violence yet. <laughs> so yeah, that's a, you... an extra level of catharsis where you're going, oh, this is what I bought my ticket for. And 
I think he kind of deliberately makes you really excited at the beginning of that and then makes you more and more uncomfortable. You start like kind on. of with a, yeah, and then it kind of goes, oh, okay. oh, yeah, like, yeah. oh yeah, I I don't want this uh, anymore. No, no and then And then he kind of pulls it back with the flamethrower. Chekhov's loaded flamethrower. That's, um, yeah, I think that's my favourite part of the film is is the the Chekhov's flamethrower. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, uh, it's a bit it's a bit it's a bit hot. Can you do anything with this heat? Can you try and make this? <laughs> it's cold. It's a flamethrower. Um, yeah, yeah, and, so, and the music the music plays when he walks out with it, doesn't it? It's yeah, yeah. And then I- and and then with the right at the end, the the I think her voice over the tannoy when he kind of walks in and that the crane shot up over the house and the title yeah. comes up and you realize that it's kind of this is this is a fairy tale this is not yeah. what's going to happen it's once called upon once a upon a time yeah. in hollywood right i think there's some i think it's beautifully crafted yeah that last kind of movement um but i think you're right that there's a level of bagginess early on I think that- it could lose the bit in the bits in the middle when they go to um italy and the random Kurt Russell narration feels really <laughs> yeah, out of yeah. place. Really weird. But he, but that's a Tarantino thing, isn't it? Yeah. He kind of, like there's bits in Inglourious Bastards that feel like you're from a like they're from a different film. Yeah. But, but, and and but, in Kill Bill, the the bloody animated sequence in oh, Kill uh, Bill goes I, on forever. Yeah, it's too long. I get that in Kill. I like. I think it works in Kill Bill because it's such a mismatch. But I think in other films of his, it just it just it's like Brechtian filmmaking. It takes you out. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, but for yeah. sure. Well, a lot of it is like Quentin Tarantino basically just wanting the, to make the film he wants to make and yeah. not letting a studio tell him, no, that's not going to work. Um, and I, I, I have to kind of commend him for that because you could easily just kind of go by and let your studio execs take over and stop you from making a film that you want to make. I think yeah. that if this film was made by anybody else and maybe a name with a lot less cachet than Tarantino, it would not have been oh, nearly as yeah. successful. As well, it wouldn't have been made, I think. I, we, I, well, yeah. Studios <laughs> would not have let that slide. Do you want to you not kill... Are you kidding me? <laughs> Fuck I feel like we're produced. segueing into talking about the Snyder Cut here and I just want to <laughs> stare us back. <It's, laughs> I think it's amazing that it was nominated for Best Picture, the Snyder Cut. I think that's cr- absolutely crazy. Um <laughs> Should we go on to talk Snyder about a film cut. that's almost as long as the Snyder Cut? The Irishman, uh, which, um, oh, what did I heard? I heard Nish Kumar on something described The Irishman as, oh no, he didn't. Ignore me. Ignore me. That's a different well, thing. That's a different thing. You, this um, is something, something you said, Alex, before we watched this. So we watched Citizen Kane. The two of us. Yes, and, yes, yes, we did. And that Jonah, is... Jonah and I had never seen Citizen Kane. And we watched it like a week ago. Um, yeah. Because it was getting a bit much that we had a, this podcast yeah. called this. <laughs> um, Fantastic. It, but obviously yeah, it was going to be... really good film. Who'd have thunk that, right? But what you, were say- what you were saying, Alex, is that it's a film about someone's life retrospectively made by a bunch of really young people. Isn't yes. It? And yes. you said, ah, it'll be interesting to watch The Irishman because it's the same subject matter, but by older people. So whereas yeah. they're making themselves <laughs> up to be old in The Irishman, they're de-aging making themselves. themselves. And not as much as I thought they were. I thought they were going to go younger. Um, oh, that I was mean, one of the issues uh, I had with yeah, this film. I, oh, I had God. many issues with this film. Ab, do you want to oh, set it up? Do you want to, do you want to, what, do what, what happened in The Irishman? Can you even remember? Because I'm not sure I can. <laughs> Nothing happens in The Irishman. That's the problem. I am so glad I'm not the only person who thought that. I was, 
I was thinking, like, I don't have a problem with watching long movies, okay? I could, sorry, Alex, but I like the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I could watch those, ex- <laughs> I could watch those extended editions forever. But I'm on I, the team. I mean, you will, you'd have to, to watch them. They take bloody forever. But as soon as I heard that there was going to be a new Scorsese film about, like, American-Italian gangsters and mob families and the crime and it was going to be three and a half hours long I let out the biggest sigh of my life because I was like I have to watch this I know I have to watch this for this podcast yeah you chose this year (laughs) I I know I know it's your fault that we've all seen this film (laughs) I'm so sorry that I put you guys through this I mean I, I say all that it's not a bad movie at all but I think that it garnered a lot more respect than maybe it should have done yeah um yeah it's an all well it's I think all the praise this film gets is because it's an auteur making, you know, it's kind of, it's, it, and he's bringing back his kind of regular cast. Yes. And, but yeah. you watch this film and you, you just want to find Martin Scorsese and say, are you okay? It's so <laughs> yeah, depressing. It's so depressing. Yes. It's so depressing. Oh, it's all about God. age and regret. Yeah. And I, if you said to me, okay, Leo, no, not not Leo. What's the, what's the other one called? Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. Yeah. Martin Scorsese. He's doing a film. He's going back to his gangster roots. Yeah. He's doing a film with. It's got Robert De Niro in it. I'd go, oh, you got me. And then you'd go, no, but it's also got Joe Pesci in it again. <gasps> He's come out of retirement to do this film. Amazing. And it's got oh, oh, um, Al Pacino in it um, <laughs> as Jimmy Hoff. You know, great, 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 great. And Harvey Keitel turns up for a bit. Uh, and Stephen Graham's in it, and it's all about it's about this big, long, it's big, meaty Scorsese kind of ruminating. It's like gangster Scorsese combined with the sort of uh, philosophical Scorsese of of silence and of his kind of later work. I'd be so excited. Well, I was. I was really. In, I was put off a little bit by the runtime, but I was. I was convinced it was going to be something. Right? Yeah. It, that film is not going to be. It's so boring. <laughs> and the one yeah. thing that that film could not possibly be, based on that description, is boring. Yeah, you're and- absolutely right. On paper, it sounds like your cup of tea. I mean, I, I, as a young woman, I'm probably not the demographic of like a lot of Scorsese <laughs> yeah. movies. But I have to say, I really do enjoy a lot of them. And, you know, I'm not put off by watching like a, a movie about gangsters, even though I think that it's it's been done a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's probably, by it's probably, by you know, Scorsese. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's probably been <laughs> just overdone, good I'd say. Exactly. <laughs> but I just, I, I just couldn't, I could not get on board. And a lot of it was, was to do with, with age. Like honestly, the the mm. whole theme of age in this movie, and the way that the ex like the way that they executed age in this mm. just really put me off. Yeah, it just it, so it's, it's so distracting. It's de aging. They're digitally de aging the actors throughout. Very you, very badly. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys know how they how they did this? I have absolutely no idea. So. 
<laughs> it's Jonah's fact yeah. time. <laughs> Score says he went into this film saying, I don't want any dots on the actors' faces. I don't want any of the technology to be in the way. I don't want it to hinder I think read that, the yeah. performance. So how they did it, they created... So the heads you see is complete head replacement 3D animation of these actors. Obviously wow. using the footage on set as reference. So they there are two different methods they did. The first one is to capture a 3D model of the actors that they could digitally they could digitally um, change the age of. The way they captured this, because they didn't have um, tracking markers or anything, they had three cameras on the actors at all times. So if you look at the rig behind the scenes of this film, it's three cameras wide. So you have the main camera in the middle, which is capturing the footage. Then you have a camera either side, um, which is getting a different perspective. So you've got like a slightly um, 180 perspective of the actor. So that those two cameras aren't affected by the lighting in the scene. They're actually filming through um, an infrared ring light, ultraviolet, sorry, it's ultraviolet ring light around either of those cameras. So it's flooding the set with ultraviolet light, which isn't picked up by the middle camera, but these two cameras are seeing a perfectly lit um, model, right, basically. And then they can take that and track the 3D model of the actors from that. And the second thing they do is take, which when we're watching this film, because there are moments when... It's really distracting, the the kind of floating heads and the moments where it sort of fits better. And I said to Alex, my theory is that they're doing, they're using deep fake technology, which how deep fakes work is they take, um, you give a computer images of of a person from as many as you can find, from as many different angles, from as many different lighting setups, and it creates a version of the face based on that. It's AI. Mm. And I said, my theory is, They've done that, but there are certain lighting setups which they don't have good enough reference for. So turns out they did do that, but that's not they didn't use the deep fake, they used it as reference. So they created these so they took they plugged in basically every Robertson Hero movie, um <laughs> every kind of Joe Pesci scene they could find it, you know, and they kind of and they created this like so them as at different ages and used that as reference for the models. That all sounds incredible work. Does it work though in the film? I was going to say, you've made that setup sound so incredibly complex. And I mean, it it sounds like it should work. Yeah. But it doesn't (laughs) at all. Can you even imagine that that fact, that that big, you know, uh, thing Jonah just said about all the VFX, that's less boring than the Irishman. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that bizarre? Um, oh god! I think I, I kind of have a horrible, I have a horrible feeling because I um, am learning this about myself. I really can, I can have completely different. Op- I can watch a film the first time, and the opinion of, uh, of it I have incredibly staunchly can change to any any other opinion when I watch it a second time. And I have a really horrible feeling and I don't like this about myself. I have a horrible feeling if I watch The Irishman again, I might come back to you and go, you know what? I actually really get what he's saying. I, uh, well, what, I what kind of see what he's saying. 
What is he saying though? Okay, yeah, what's he it's, saying? It's not it's not a movie for me that really has anything else to say <laughs> other than like telling you. I mean, it's a biopic, isn't it? Yeah. Again, it's, well, yeah. it's another yeah, well, biopic. It's, yeah, it is. And like you can you can kind of I, I guess you can try and view the film as philosophically as you like, but <laughs> ultimately I just don't think that the whole story, as long as it was, was compelling. Like was nearly as compelling as maybe they thought it was gonna be. Well, there, yeah. there are three different films that are that are good ideas for films. And one of them is this. good fellas. Well yeah. <laughs> but there's there's the story with so again, him and his daughter, which yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, so yes, he's another yes. female character who doesn't have enough yeah. to do or say, mm. and would benefit the film greatly from being more involved. Three hours and not three and a half exactly. hours, and she has what ten minutes? And like she, so it's there's the younger daughter, then Anna Paquin's the older. It's basically Robert De Niro's character is a man who goes out and kills people, and his daughter. He, he paints a, houses, Jonah. He paints yeah, houses. That's that's the book. He does his own carpentry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the book, I, 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 the book it's based off is called. Cool. Yeah, you um, paint houses, don't you? Which, which is a metaphor is a for title yeah. than the Irishman. I but heard you paint houses, yeah, because it spreads the blood on the wall. Yeah. yeah, well, there's that great shot at the beginning. We yeah. were so excited <laughs> when that happened. We were like, it was, I was think, I was convinced for like the first five minutes. I was like, this is gonna be amazing. This is gonna be. Oh, it's properly Scorsese. It couldn't be more Scorsese. Um, and I'm not even a massive Scorsese fan. I, yeah. I, I, I really want to. This film made me think goodfellas was a masterpiece but when i watched it i i thought it had great bits in it but i thought it was a bit baggy it didn't quite do it for me um i haven't seen a whole bunch of the other ones i think uh king of comedy which we'll come on oh. to in a bit i'm sure is a masterpiece mm. is just a genius i haven't seen taxi driver hands up um i had to turn off mean streets because i found it so boring well, the which, streets too mean they were they were mm. they were scary um <laughs> But can I, right, if I pitch you, th- I'm going to pitch you a trilogy okay. of gangster films right now. Great. You've got. Have an eye of the studio heads, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> so have you heard this guy, this guy's coming in to do some pitching. What Do you know anything about him? Uh, after, know. Have you seen his previous stuff? No, I haven't. Why have you? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced, but we'll, we'll hear him out. We'll hear him out. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, hi. Sorry. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to pitch you, is it bear with, because it's rather than um, a three hour long film, I'm going to pitch you three three hour long gangster films that oh, form a trilogy. That okay. is music to my ears. We okay. all on, on, so on excited. Right. The yeah. first one is about a um, young um, uh, second generation Irish immigrant in New York being accepted into the Italian mafia. Okay. So he's an okay. outsider and we're going to learn about, you know, how he's accepted, how he, you know, how he gets in, his background, what it feels like to be an immigrant in America and how it feels to be, because, you know, the, the way that the Irish used to be treated in America, terrible thing. Second film is about um, a gangster who's a family man. It's sort of going back to the roots of things like The Sopranos. It's a, it's a guy who goes out and does a violent job, but he's yeah. trying to rekindle a relationship he's lost with his daughter, right? It's all about this bond that he's let, he's let her down. He's become a bad man. You see earlier on when he's, when she's younger, when it, she's afraid to bring any problems to him because you'll go and solve them with violence. And it's him realizing too late that he's lost her and trying to reclaim that relationship. That's the middle bit. The final part of this trilogy is about the same gangster, but he's the only one left. He's the, yeah, you know, yeah, he's yeah. still keeping these secrets. 
and he and, and there's no one left to protect. He's old and alone and dying. That's my that's my trilogy of films for you. Great. When can we get this made? I, I I'd like to suggest an alternate thing. Yeah. I think instead, I think it's good ideas, but yeah. I think it'll be much better if we put them all together, all together, and kind of not deal with any of them massively closely, but sort of skim over all of that stuff. Have it in the background for. I'm going to go further. Not just three hours, three and a half. I think that'll really help. Okay. Right? Well, well, we'll, we'll instead of using actors, let's get famous actors, but kind of have them be sort of digital versions of themselves a bit like the polar um, express yeah a bit like polar <laughs> express have you seen that tintin film spielberg oh, yeah. it'll be like that but with robert de niro killing people for three and a half hours i've got a um a script about jimmy hoffer as well do you want me to throw that in <laughs> tell you what yeah oh, go what, crazy. why not the go more crazy. the merrier shall we have pacino fuck it pacino can do hoffer <laughs> that'll be fine is it all right if he sounds vaguely canadian <laughs> <laughs> Like when I was watching it, I was like, what is wrong with his voice? And I couldn't put my finger on it the entire time. And now I get it. He just sounds like he's Canadian. So I mean, Jimmy Hoffa, I'm just double checking this because he is not Canadian. I, I genuinely thought he was doing a Canadian Is Al Pacino accent. Canadian? No. No. I didn't think he was. I think he's the furthest thing yeah. from Canadian with a name like Al Pacino. He is the, the antonym of Canada. Yeah. Jimmy Hoffa is from Indiana. Right. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm not well versed on uh, kind of the subtleties <laughs> of American uh, I think accents within states, but I'm really not certain that an Indiana is that upper Midwest. Is, I don't know. I just don't think it's any different to any other. Would it, would yeah. it be? I I couldn't tell you, but I don't know. It's definitely not Canadian. I, I didn't hear Canadian. I just heard Al Pacino. I, I just <laughs> he's so he's he's not subtle, is he, as an actor? Um. Oh, I'm, I'm not. Uh, oh, 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 yeah. Sound um, like a bird throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, uh, nominated for best supporting actor, um, Al Pacino, as was Joe Pesci. Mm. Um, yeah. I think Joe Pesci kind of tracks. I think that's an interesting performance, but I wouldn't have put Pacino up for it. I, um, I think that the, the portrayals were, were good. Like, I, I think it was both really good acting. However, with Joe Pesci, I like I knew before watching this that he had rejected Scorsese like n- nearly like fifty times. I think it was wow. Scorsese had gone to him, you know, and been like, "Please be in this movie, come out of retirement for me." And Joe Pesci had been like, "No," nearly fifty times, and I could see that when I was <laughs> yeah. watching it. I could see, like, he just doesn't seem like he wants to do this. <laughs> I mean, to a certain extent, I think that's his character, but I completely see what you mean. <laughs> like, I know a lot of it is, like, because he, he is an older guy as well, and, like, when he's... It is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah, like, I don't know, I just, I couldn't... I, I I couldn't be convinced by his, his not wanting to be there. <laughs> it was very realistic, not wanting to be there. Yeah. <laughs> he went method. <laughs> um, I wonder what changed his mind. I wonder what, what you'll be digital. Oh, well, you should have said earlier. Scorsese, <laughs> you'll kind of look a bit rubbery. Fine, fine. I'm there. Absolutely fine. This um, new de aging technology, brilliant. Sign me up. Let's go. 
I'm, fa- I'm not even sure there are any shots of El Pacino where he's not de-aged, which kind of begs the question, the why didn't he just car. hire someone younger? I was, I was going to say that I could not have told you that they had aged or de-aged or anything. Like, I... Because I don't know the the story really before this, I I don't I didn't know who any of these people were. In fact, before I watched this, I had just assumed that they had like written yeah. these characters into history and they were kind same of like here, putting it here. alongside the JFK assassination and you know all sorts of other things. And I couldn't tell you that if it wasn't for Anna Paquin wearing flares i would not i would not have been able to tell you that 20 years had passed from the beginning of the movie and then i I could i couldn't have said that well would you say then that's a that's an example as to what that's a reason for doing the de-aging because then that gives you something to hang on to in terms of time periods because something but i didn't notice them age or or de-age in fact yeah i I just i didn't notice it at all and instead, you spend the whole film kind of looking for the joins, don't you? You kind of go, yeah, "Is that absolutely. his real face? Is that is that... because we because we're because our images of these guys are when they were younger anyway." When you think mm. of Robert De Niro, you don't think of what he looks like now. You think of him younger. I think and the so... closest part was when um, they shot to uh, Robert De Niro's character in in the war, and yeah. um, and you saw him shoot. Uh, I, I assume they were just Nazi soldiers. That was that was the only part in the film where I thought it looked quite convincingly like a younger version of him. Otherwise, I couldn't have told you. Yeah, yeah, interesting. It's interesting that that one worked for you because because I think the yeah I, I I was I don't even have again I, it it just doesn't say anything. This film I'm mm. I'm, I'm I'm sure it does. It must do. I think it is trying to say things about regret and about. You're right, it's bad. he's the one guy left. But because it's taking this big, we're showing you his whole life thing, it doesn't actually get to any of the themes it's exploring until its last hour, which yeah. is so depressing because it's just everybody dying. Um, spoiler, but it's age. It's not like, you know, it's ju- it just kind of slows right down and it's just everything f- slipping through his fingers. Again, watch Goodfellas. Just watch yeah. Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. Because it it kind of does everything you would want the Irishman to do, and none of the kind of what you know other stuff. I, I think know. it's inter- so. I mean, it's all well and good because we're you know we're three hip young people, <laughs> and, we're, and we you know we're we're kind of God. This 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 movie by by these old men. It's so. I mean, Martin Scorsese hundred percent deserves our respect as a filmmaker. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because so him he's of. Um, the film school generation, which kind of, between, you know, so it's him, um, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg. They were the first generation. Who Francis kind of, Ford Coppola. Yes. They're the people who, yeah, yeah. Um, stu- you know, the first kind of generation who studied film, like, who, and like who were inspired by, you know, foreign cinema, French cinema. They revolutionised how films are made. Mm. But. <laughs> it's that, a big but. That, that doesn't. <laughs> That it feels like a f- a film that hasn't hasn't moved on well, from. I think. Yeah. What I actually thought it felt like it kind of feels to me like someone, and this will come up later as well. Someone who has seen a whole bunch of Scorsese films trying to make a Scorsese film without really getting what makes Scorsese films amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and it's made by Scorsese. It kind of feels like they've they've rolled up to some aging filmmaker and gone, you know, you know, Scorsese. I'm going to say it again. You know, Goodfellas, right? What about doing that? But about age, Goodfellas, but old. Yeah, okay. I'll watch some Scorsese films. I'll get back to you. That kind of feels like it feels like a pale imitation of what made Scorsese so vibrant. I think we're being a bit harsh, but. After three and a half hours, you're not feeling particularly yeah. kindly to anyone involved. Um, yeah. What I you think, say yeah. about Goodfellas is that it's, you know, it's it's quintessential Corsese, Scorsese, isn't it? Like, Corsese. <laughs> Corsese. It, it yeah, is Corsese, which is what is we'll say when we mean a good Scorsese. Scorsese. And you think that, like you said with the whole pitch idea, the, the pitch itself on paper is brilliant like how how could you not say yes to something like that but it feels like there is um uh kind of like a resistance to change and trying to do something a bit more fresh because if you had the same movie with still Scorsese directing it but you had potentially younger actors playing playing the, the same characters but as as the younger versions and then having De Niro, Pesci and Pacino playing the older versions of them, I feel like that would have been maybe a, a more convincing story. It's the reverse of boyhood, isn't it? Where, whereas, <laughs> yeah. What a double bill. Yeah. This, I, you know, funny fact, they really did film this yeah. over, <laughs> over the 70 years of their life. But I think <laughs> Robert De Niro just always looked computer generated yeah. when he was younger. It's not many people noticed that at the time. With those piercing blue eyes. God. <laughs> I think yeah. as well, but I think it, it's all well and good to make, you know, to make this kind of film as uh, Martin Scorsese. But then I kind of, his attitude, the way he's been talking about kind of Marvel movies recently yes, has been I rubbing me up. That made you quite angry. Well, <laughs> but if this fil- this film is, is part, if you of want the to watch a three hour long film, don't watch yeah. The Irishman. Watch Avengers Endgame. All right? <laughs> if this- <laughs> something fucking happens in it, if the gimmick of this film partly is the de aging technology, Marvel has been knocking it out of the park. Oh yeah, they de- totally de aging. Yes. And so I, I don't think, you, and I don't think you can roll up and kind of like. <laughs> try and you know try and play that card with this i think he can we say we're being a little bit harsh but he can take it because he is you know he's he's martin scorsese he's one of the you know yeah, most influential directors of all career. time but but like when he you're talking about goodfellas and so when he's when he's young and he's punching up with his filmmaking it feels yeah. more vibrant and this just feels like well go through the motions i find what yeah. you said Av, about um it feeling like he's not willing to change. He's not like looking forward. Um, the, he said he was asked about, uh, there aren't, the women don't get a whole lot of time in this film. And he said, well, yes, but it's a man's story I'm telling. So that's why. And you kind of go, okay. But as, as we've talked about, there's a better story in that, like that, that his daughter, the daughter, if, if she was the main character, that's a better film immediately, yeah, right? I, yeah. Because absolutely. we haven't seen it before. And hey, Scorsese has done his bit for women in film. He did one film about women. Um, 
so that's good. You know what? That's better than a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> he did one very early on, doesn't have to do it again. I think it's called Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. So he's done his one. He's done his one. Yeah. Um, but I just think that's a really weak argument. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, absolutely. I, yeah. I think it's kind of, it's not quite as weak as when Tarantino was asked why uh, Margot Robbie doesn't have any more lines in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And he said, I refute your hypothesis. And you kind of think, well, <laughs> fuck off. I am, I am going about? to, I'm going to use that. In, in every, like whenever somebody ever says anything to me ever, I'm just going to say, I'm, I refute your hypothesis. I, let me just let me just check that that is what he said. <laughs> I refute your. I'm sure it was. Um, I mean, part of the charm of I mean, I'm going back to Tarantino is that kind of slightly dorky lad aesthetic, which is fine to have mm, if it's yeah. that's your thing. But yeah, don't you don't need to lean into it I, that much. Yeah, it was, I, yeah. Reje- I, was I reject it. your hypothesis, but I reject, I reject your hypothesis. <laughs> I, I, re- I reject your hypothesis. Violent, violence, violence. I'll, I'll leave the uh, Tarantino impressions to you guys. Oh, I wasn't, you, I wasn't attempting. You, that was you, you pull them off much better than I ever will. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I know I keep going on about the whole de-aging thing, which like I'm actually not going to talk <laughs> about right. now. Um, besides, besides that, right? If you if you went into this movie not knowing anything about you know the technology behind it, and you know, granted, terrible, terrible execution of it um we we start off the movie where frank robert de niro's character is meant to be in his what like 30s like mid yeah. to late 30s right? yeah, yeah, yeah. late 20s isn't it or but i mean i mean they call it's, it's they call him everything but we don't know doesn't it they call really? him yeah, like yeah, boy we, and lad don't so, they yeah so we don't know but we like i'm just going to assume 30s right mm. and then but we but we see because obviously the opening shot of the movie is him in some kind of retirement care home, and he is a lot older, maybe like yeah. in his eighties. So you He's know, there's aged going to up be, for that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, there's going to be a transition of time. Um, now, even without the de aging coming into it, the the portrayals of him, Pacino, and Joe Pesci just weren't convincing enough for me to convince me that they were young men because well, yeah. they yeah. spoke they spoke like old men and they walked like old men the physicalities of them didn't feel like they were men in their 30s 40s 50s it looked like they were you know they were playing the age that they actually are in person which is what like mid to late 70s 100% yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. and and you have Joe Pesci saying as you said, Joe, don't say boy, and calling him kid, hey kid. And you're like, it's Robert De Niro who's like old. <laughs> Why are you calling him kid? He's clearly in his 70s, this guy. You are the same age. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, oh, and it's so long. Mm. It's so long. It's a mini series, isn't it? That's, yeah. what, that's the other thing. It's, on, <laughs> that, yeah, it's already it on Netflix. Been made, it could have been made into like a limited series for Netflix, I reckon. Yeah. That, that, it could have been convincing if it was that, but it wasn't. Well, he, he said himself, didn't he, Scott? says that you can watch this in chunks. And we didn't. We intended to. Yeah, we, we just meant sort to. of powered we, through it. I think we did that because we were so bored. The idea of coming back to but it. But you don't watch a yeah. movie to watch it in chunks, though. Like no matter how yeah. how long it is, you don't you don't sit down and think, okay, well, I'm only I'm going to stop at halfway 
and then I'm yeah, going to carry exactly. on. Because they don't give you placeholders, do they? They don't say, right, this is a convenient time to have an intermission. Sound know, of Music does. Well, Zack Snyder does as yes, well. In his, yes, uh, like, I in guess. I mean, Sound of, Sound of Music was a musical. It was <laughs> yeah. intended for that purpose. And actually, I, The Hateful Eight, Tarantino throws in an intermission, doesn't he? And then well, he narrates, narrates the second half That seems just so pretentious, though. Like, yeah, that I doesn't mean, seem like it's for the benefit of the audience. That's really for the benefit <laughs> of, of for him. him. <laughs> well, films yeah, get, into, get into it. I wanted an intermission. Films used to have intermissions, though. Yeah. But the whole point of that was to sell more snacks. But also, mm. this is this isn't um, this is unrelated. But films used to have um, so murder mysteries, uh, suspense thrillers. They used to freeze the film and have a timer come up on screen where you could oh, discuss really? for fifteen seconds with the person next to you who you think did it before they revealed who did it. That's which I think so... is a good. I think that's a great idea. Why, <laughs> why, why don't we bring that back? I feel yeah. like I could have done with that when I was watching Knives Out or something. Oh. Like just oh. turning to the person next to me and just going, oh, who did it? Tell oh. you what, the fact that The Irishman was nominated for the best picture and, and Knives, Knives Out, out, out was oh. <laughs> That's oh. a whole other a, podcast. A what do you think of Knives Out, Ev? Oh my, I just, Isn't it I stunning? Was, I was not <laughs> expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. I thought, like, okay, like I've heard good things. It's got an absolute stellar cast, oh, but yeah, but we've yeah, seen yeah. it go wrong before. We've seen a you know a big a big cast full of big names and a big movie, and it be done really badly. Whereas this, oh my, it was just it was the murder mystery that we all want. I think it was just so perfect no. in like every way. Yeah. And, and and that'll come up later I think there's something there's a really interesting discussion to be had uh about the there's a, some weird similarities between Knives Out and Parasite in the way mm. they both play with their engines mm. if, um, yes. and act structure as well. Yes. Talking of engines, yeah. shall we uh... <laughs> <laughs> Um there are two films of these eight about a driver. Um one of them is Ford v Ferrari, and one of them is Marriage Story, because it's about a driver. Adam driver. I was, I was, a, I was racking my brain for a second about wait, what? There's, there's another film on this list about cars or something. It's about a driver. Oh, well, actually, there's also. I mean, Robert De Niro drives. <laughs> sort of a driver in The Irishman, and and there's a this whole thing about drivers in Parasite. So it doesn't really work, but uh, it made me happy this morning. Um, uh, so what do you want? Do you want to do a driver or a driver? Which which one? I'll take a driver, please. <laughs> <laughs> we have okay. one for Le Mans 66. Um, Ford v Ferrari or Le Mans 66, which is a better title? Uh, they couldn't... Ford v Ferrari. <laughs> oh, totally Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, it tells you what the film is about. <laughs> I, yeah, I, exactly. I believe in England there were, there were uh, the companies weren't happy. With uh, okay. for, right. Ferrari, especially if Ferrari doesn't yeah. win, <laughs> they, they don't Spoiler. come across great um, in this film. Although neither the Ford no, either. Well, they to be cheat honest. so much. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Matt Damon just casually. No, but, but Matt Damon is like one of the good guys. The Ford yeah. company, the guy, the oh, yeah. guy in the suit, Henry Ford the second, who shafts. Well, no, the other guy, the younger guy. Oh yeah, who shafts uh, Christian Josh, Bale? Josh Perry's character, right? Josh yes. Perry, is that his name? Yes. Luke, yes. Luke Perry, a Perry. Luke Perry, a Perry. He's, <laughs> he's a Perry. <laughs> Perry, Perry. Um, uh, yes, it's about cars, this. Um, Ford wants to be a racer, racing cars, so they make 
Christian Bale drive a car and yeah. Matt Damon is in it. Um, it was originally going to be called something else. Uh, oh, what was it going to be called? Go Fast Quickly or something like that. Um, actually, that's a better title. Uh, Speed Racer. <laughs> for, go, go Fast Quickly, please. Um, yes, Go Like Hell. Ah, it's going to be called Go Like Hell. Oh. Better title. Uh, which is, I think, what the book it's based on is called. And I feel like know, that, that, that title would be slightly misleading, though. It, yeah, possibly. Like with, with the pace of the movie, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not Weirdly, convinced. <laughs> not a very fast film, is it? Um, but do you know who we're going to play the two leads? I think I did say this to Jenna yeah. at the time when I discovered okay. um, So it was what, Brad Leonardo Pitt. Oh, Brad Pitt. Sorry, okay. to just, to, yeah, yeah. Joe Pesci. Brad Pitt, presumably as Matt Damon, because Tom Cruise was up for Christian right. Bale. And I'm kind okay. of sad that we never got to watch Tom Cruise trying to do a Brummy accent. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think I'd want to watch that yeah. movie. <laughs> He'd be doing all his driving. He'd be doing all his driving. Um, uh, Christian yes. Bale's sort of playing Christian Bale in this film, though, Yeah, as he's well. correct. Christian yeah. Bale is hands, head and shoulders the best thing in this film. He's having he, he really more is. fun than I think Christian Bale has ever had yeah. in his life. It's the face he pulls, like, literally all the time. Like, he's just... Like he's squinting at something, and and, he's, and he like curls up his lips, and I just I don't know why, but I just find it so funny watching him. I'm doing it now. You can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, he's great. He's great, and Matt Damon is as well. But um, and I think it's with Christian Bell, no actor nomination as well. They're they're quite packed categories this mm. year. Um, mm-hmm. I there's not much to say about it other than yeah, it's fine. It's good. Yeah. Your dad I, would probably I, love it. I you was, know? I was like, literally about to say the same thing. Like I was watching it and I thought like, um, you know, it's it's an it's an okay movie. Like it's well made, good performances and stuff, but this is definitely a film that was made for my dad. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I mean like more, more his maybe maybe his generation because they they were probably alive to experience it and I think stereotypically older men are much more into cars and the mechanics behind it so it's it's probably more more interesting to them yeah well, it's got um, it's definitely got an audience this film you know my, yeah. again we were yeah, yeah, yeah. we were still together when we watched this that sounds that sounds weird <laughs> me and Alex how are you guys handling it are you guys it's right? been really tough actually yeah. um <laughs> but know. my dad still watched this with it. Yeah. <laughs> hey we're, keep, we're keeping it together for the kids um <laughs> which we will get on to later <laughs> That would be an excellent segue. Yeah. Just, just oh, I, I blew that that one. <laughs> the segues today are on. Uh, yeah. Just something else. <laughs> but yeah, my dad watched this one with us because you know I think because you know, it's for dads. It's yeah. a film for dads, and that's yeah. fine. That you're allowed to have films for dads. Actually, they all have been so far. Haven't yeah. They? The three we've talked about have all been dad films. <laughs> Maybe that's yeah. Um, that, that 2019 was the year of the dad. Which well, I think well, isn't that the problem with the Oscar nominations? <laughs> They're all, they're all like literally what we talked about at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, I, th- I think, I think that's fine. It's fine to have that as your target audience. But it, it is the exact same formula as um, Seabiscuit for me in terms of <laughs> it's a, it's a sports film. It's you know, it's and it follows and yeah. it hits all the same beats in terms I think of. Oscar would like this one better. Than yeah, he liked Seabiscuit. Yeah. He wasn't keen. He wasn't keen. He was frothing at the mouth, uh, yeah. like a racing horse would. 
Um, but I mean, it picks, you know, when, same with Seabiscuit. I was bored for a lot of I it, but when the race... I talking about Seabiscuit. Because <laughs> I think they're the same, it's the same, the same, the same structure, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's a kind of angry... Well, it's, all sport, it's all sport movies. Yeah. All sport movies. It's an angry guy who's trying to, who's a bit of an outsider trying to compete. Yeah. yeah, against and that, the tell odds. Tell you what, that racing car, very small racing car yeah. for a, for a racing car. Normally, racing cars are bigger. But this, you know, all, the, this is all gold. If you'd have seen Sea Biscuit, Ev, <laughs> this is this stuff's just fantastic. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Half the stuff you're saying, you're saying is, is just going straight over my head. But yeah, I'm nodding along. For our loyal listeners, <laughs> <laughs> of which there are three, um, <laughs> but but yeah, I think it just it just it you know. The the action scenes when they were racing excited me. The rest of it, I kept checking my phone. I, yeah, I really, I actually really struggled with this one. Like, whereas did you? Yeah, okay. I think whereas with the Irishman, it was it was <laughs> long and dull, but I was kind of like, it was like an art. You know, it was a task we were getting through. We were powering through yeah, it. We yeah. were doing it. This, I just kind of, I just, I just, it, yeah. Why I am really, I watching this film? I've not seen all these amazing films, and I'm sitting. I've not seen Taxi Driver. I've not seen yeah. The Godfather. But I've, I'm having to watch this thing about cars. I, I get, I get that. I guess. I think it's a good. Again, it's it falls into that category of it's a good film. I think, but the fact that it's been nominated over other films for best picture is what makes it. A, more, yeah, what yeah. I struggle with. I'll say it again. Uncut Gems and Knives Out yeah. came out this year. The Farewell yeah. came out this year. Not nominated for best picture. Those three films. Uh, hands uh, head and shoulders above this one i would say and this one's fine this one's fine yeah. but it's, and james mangold is a very talented filmmaker yeah. as well he's the only reason i have any sort of hope for the fifth indiana jones film they're making um i don't know why they're calling it the fifth indiana jones film because they they didn't make a fourth it was like a weird fan yeah. film wasn't it they've only done three um, wait Wait, no, no, wait, what? Don't tell him. We don't tell him about Kingdom of Christmas. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm, I'm so confused. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, they, so James, Gold, got, James Mangold made Logan. I mean, yes. You know. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think there's a lot to be said for the fact that James Mangold is one of those filmmakers where, a bit like uh, Rob Reiner, uh, where you never know, he doesn't do, he doesn't have like an overriding style. Like he's the opposite mm. of of people like Tarantino or Scorsese. You don't know you're watching a James Mangold film because mm. his style varies so differently from film to film. Yeah, quite quite a chameleon in direction. Yeah, absolutely. Which, which is to be commended, I think. Mm. And which, this this, yeah. this does what it says on the tin. This film mm. does what it says on the tin. It's got great performances in it. I I actually the story is not a, well. The story is it's a good story, but I. To not give anything away, I wasn't happy with how it ended, and that's how it ended in real life. Um, and so it left a bit of a weird taste in my mouth because I was so cross at so many people in real, you know. Um, it made me laugh, uh, you know. It, I think mainly Christian Bale at points. Yeah, yeah, he's so good. He is so good in this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would buy it on DVD for my granddad at yeah. Christmas. Yeah, 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 yeah. If, if, yeah. Yeah. He can fit it in between viewings of flight. Uh, yeah. Or Sully. Um, <laughs> my, um, my well, one of my one of my granddads has a flight simulator. I should explain. Was it flight or Sully? I meant so, yeah, some, some context, please. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I meant Sully. Well, I, I think I was I was I was actually talking about my other granddad. Oh, sorry, my other grandfather. <laughs> my other grandfather. But yeah, my one of my granddads has a Airbus three twenty flight simulator in his attic, which he's built. Um, oh my, oh yeah, wow. yeah. I had a go in it, and he, we couldn't take off. No, it, was it wasn't. <laughs> it was because of 
um, it was the turn of so I took Alex for a fly, and the, the, because the um, the year it just turned twenty twenty, it had messed up the um, the the program, so it didn't. It kept taking off and crashing. Yeah. Oh, so, that is so funny. But so we crashed a lot of planes that day. But yeah, that was. But my childhood, I used to go and fly planes in my granddad's attic. There we go. <laughs> that is so. Cool. And he he watched <laughs> the film Sully and then has tried to recreate it like in the simulator since then. <gasps> that's so um, cool. Yeah. That's that's really really cool. It's just uh, giving a bit of an insight into yeah. how genre is like this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It answers so many questions. Again, I, we're, we're whizzing through these a bit, aren't we? I just don't think there's much more to say on, I, on this. Yeah, one, I think honest. I think it's totally representative of the kind of feeling you get when you look at the list and you see that this film is on it, which is okay. Hmm. Cool, I think fine. I think give, giving it credit where it's due. I think that it did well in terms of the um, the sound editing and oh, the uh, I think yeah, it was, it was completely sound mixing as well that it was um, it won <sighs> as well. So, I, you know, I, I think that that was quite impressive. But when I'm watching a movie, I don't tend to think about those things when I'm... Yeah. R- rather than the actual, uh, the, the stuff that's happening on the screen. So, yeah. I can imagine, best picture, I'm not sure it was. I can imagine in the cinema, it probably works a lot better. Because... Yes. The spectacle and the and the sound. Can you imagine? And is it? Well, also, like like Jonah said, he kept checking his phone, and quite literally in a cinema, you're not supposed to do that. Like, well, I I would argue you're not supposed to do that at all during films. (laughs) But But, obviously, but when a film is made like this, and it 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 makes you want to look at your phone. Yeah, 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 completely. It's just hard, isn't it? So yeah, I I guess all of these films would be very different uh, if we were put into like the you know, theatrical release context of watching them. Um, but like, yeah, I, I just don't... I, I also found it very hard not to look at my phone whilst I was watching this. Not as fast as you'd hope it would be. Yeah. But but actually, <laughs> I, 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 en- I think I enjoyed it a little bit more than you guys did. I, 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 I find it quite... It was quite... I, I got into it. You're the, most, you're the most laddie here. Is that what that's... Oh God! Yeah, we. That's 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 that tells you a lot about this group of people, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that that has never happened before ever. I I am the most like a dad. I mean, that's you're, you're the biggest petrol head we have. <laughs> I am. I'm a crazy petrol head. Me Ooh. from a driver to a driver. Uh, <sighs> Sorry, I was. That was the segue. <laughs> um, marriage story. Oh. Uh, Oh, God, no, Bambach's quite good, isn't he? He can make a good film. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a divorce. It's kind of Kramer versus Kramer, but the focus is on the couple, not the child. Uh, she's East Coast. He's West Coast. Their marriage is breaking down. She has a much better lawyer than he does. How will it end? Um, that's sort of sort of the film. You're that's, watching Marriage Story. You're watching yeah. Marriage Story. <laughs> um, uh, Adam Driver... I think deserved the Oscar. Yeah. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say, not to preempt anything, like in Phoenix, very good, obviously, very good actor, very good performance, but Adam Driver kills it in this film. Yeah, I mean, um, it's hard to compare those two performances, really, isn't it? Well, yes. Just, yeah. I mean, they're completely different levels, but I, I do agree. I think the standout thing in this whole movie for me was the performances of the two main characters. Yeah, I, I, I think they She's were, amazing in it yeah, as well. Yeah, they, they were both just performers so much 
nuance and I like when I was reading the tri- the uh, trivia for this I I didn't I didn't know anything about either of the two um actors uh sort of personal relationships or anything um but Scarlett Johansson was actually going through her second divorce wow. when while she was filming this movie and wow. when when you don't know that when you're watching you think god this is this is hitting quite close to home and now you you know why <laughs> yeah 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 Whew. Oh, blimey! That that's a, that's a different film now, no? Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Crikey. exactly. That's how I felt reading that trivia. I was just sort of like, oh, 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 okay, <laughs> God. Well, I mean, it's 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 a weird one because if you referring back to previous episodes, we keep doing in this one. Yeah, we maybe it, shouldn't because no, no one listens. No, <laughs> but um. <laughs> Ever listen? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. okay. So why, why we asked you on? <laughs> but uh, I mentioned I've mentioned prior that I, m- my parents are um, happily m- married and together. So yeah, my a, parents I, are married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, as far as I know, completely happily. I don't know why I said that. I just went for the laugh. Um, but what I mean is, like, I don't. I'm. I don't have much experience of like at first hand at all of divorce but yeah. i still i like i think it's a tribute to the this film that i kind of you know you still relate to them you feel this, these are all human emotions that you mm. can that and i think out of all of them this year this film is one that tore me apart the most and that's without any like there's that's not triggering anything in me yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i have I've, i i'm not bringing anything to this film already it's just doing that to me off its own back I yeah think. see it's when like it's funny that you say that because I remember the first time I, I watched it, um, I was I was in a relationship at the time and I watched it thinking like, I mean it was a good movie, but I didn't I didn't feel like I fully connected to it that much. I mean, granted, I, I have not been through divorce, I've not been married, so I don't know. But then I watched it after um that relationship had ended and I just I I had a completely different view of the movie and I mean I I wasn't super like broken up or anything but it just it hit differently and I I think I I like it a lot more after the the second watch. Avril you yes. you of, of the three of us are probably most qualified to answer this question if you if you know if you don't know that's fine but I would quite like to ask you about the Sondheim in this film. Um, right okay. Because uh, my knowledge of Sondheim is <laughs> demonstrated by me getting merrily, uh, we we roll along horrifically wrong, apparently, <laughs> um, when I described it a couple of episodes ago. Uh, there are two Sondheim songs in this. Um, there's that f- just stunning bit where Adam Driver sings alone in a bar. Yes, um, yes. And, my favourite part of this movie, actually. Yeah, oh yeah, completely. It's and And you kind of think it's going to be embarrassing <laughs> when mm. he starts you kind of go i don't i'm not sure i want to be here and it just, <laughs> just you just fall into it and then scarjo and her family sing another song um now my understanding i'm saying this very tentatively <laughs> is that those songs are both from uh a company i don't know if you are familiar with company so um, i i've never seen company and um, i mean I, I i'm very flattered that you think i'm a sondheim expert um or at least like more of an expert than than you guys are avril is a musical theater person in a way that I, i'm not and we've worked together in that field and 
Um, uh, Avril has very much been the one pulling me up by my lapels. And uh, <laughs> I would like to apologise now for, for my... Because actually, I've always said, and I said when we were working together, I don't really like musicals. And um, what this yeah, podcast well, why, has taught me... Why did we work together for I know. Well, but, do you know, but do you know what, Avril? This podcast is teaching me that I, I love musicals. <laughs> Actually, the amount that, that mind, you seesaw between those two opinions <laughs> yeah. is just brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it, I, it, again, it's teaching me that I don't have any opinions I stick to. But um, <laughs> I, musicals are great, and do you know what? Well, one day we'll work on something, and it'll well, I'll, I'll, I'll we'll work on it together, and it'll actually be a musical, and I will finally <laughs> fulfil that promise I made to you many years ago, which I've not actually managed to fulfil, and we will do that. Um, well, to answer your question. Um, I, I honestly, I really don't know whether they're picked okay. from company or not. Um, right. I, I want to say the, yeah, I want to say the song from, um, that Adam Driver sings is from company. I'm not sure about the one that Scott okay. Hampson sings though. So just to demonstrate, we have tried to get an answer. I am going to tell you what I think is the case. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if I'm wrong, <laughs> I know that you'll write in, um, just good to know you're there to be honest i'm pretty sure yeah <laughs> it's i'm pretty sure that not only are they both from company but they are also sung by two people in a relationship in company who may even break up and in company that last one i'm less confident on but i'm pretty sure it's actually a whole extra level to that sequence those two sequences because I mean, if, if you're right then yeah, yeah. Uh, like absolutely. I think, uh, yeah, it would it would hit you a lot more. I think the only the only issue with um, having that kind of uh, like that element put into the script is that um, only musical theatre and specifically Sondheim fans would notice that. And yeah. I think it's it's like it's it's kind of a missed a missed thing but, um, it, but it sort of works on levels doesn't it, it it's the people yeah, yeah, those absolutely. sequences still completely because because just simply to people who don't know the the music you see she's singing together with people a happy song with people and he's singing on his own mm. <laughs> and you get that without any there's going to be a lot of sometime chat this this episode because uh we're, we're we're not talking about knives out even though i clearly would <laughs> really like to but there's a bit of daniel craig there's a bit of sometime in that um and i there's a in fact my biggest problem with joker is sometime related um which we'll talk about when we come to it but yes yeah. i just wanted to i just wanted to raise the sometime because i think it's that adam driver singing bit is just stunning yeah it's, it's just beautiful stunning. and i think that those um it's, it's interesting that you have kind of that element of um of musical theater in in the film, when you have both of the, uh, the, the the two main characters being involved in theatre as well, I think that that's mm. there's just quite a nice little a little element in the movie. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think if if there was anything in this film which I didn't like, I would I would, or if I had to try and come up with something because I don't dislike, I I love this film. It would be that it does feel it's it's got that kind of. Um, that cliche of films being written and made by people in the creative arts industry who don't know how real people work in real life. <laughs> and like, there's, there's, a, there's this cliche, if you watch like TV shows or films, it's always people, people are always preparing for a presentation in their job because people who work in the creative arts industry don't know how jobs work. They only know that you kind of 
have to perform in front of other people. So they're always preparing a, you know, a presentation or something that they've got to show to people and they get one shot at it. And it's obviously this film is about a, a theatre director and a theatre actor who are both reasonably well paid and live in, you know, a kind of a certain echelon, um, which, yeah. which I think you could, you could look at that and go, oh, that's kind of a, you know, that's obviously a niche. It's, 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 you could look, you could level the same, the same canon that we leveled at Birdman, it being a film about great film, great film, theatre film. But I'm I'm bringing that up because I do because it's something I'm aware <laughs> no, 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 of. But I I don't in this case I think that it's just fodder for it's just it's 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 detail of their lives which come which all just comes into play when they start yeah using it exactly. as ammunition against each other. So I don't think it's a problem in this film. The the emotional heart is there. So yeah. it kind of, yeah. it, and and it's so clearly quite true. So I think Noah Baumbach, who wrote and directed this, looked, like talked to a lot of people involved in this sort of thing and divorce lawyers and stuff like that. So it's clearly got its foot in reality. And also, coincidentally, Noah Baumbach has gone through a divorce. Um, well, this, and was, is a um, this was director. about his, uh, his divorce with uh, the actress uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh. Like this was yeah, well, what, yeah, it was, exactly. what it was based on. So he 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 has said that it's not directly based on that. Has no, he, just yeah. But, but I, I don't heavily inspired. It, it definitely is. I think um, he. Um, <laughs> I, I think I read somewhere that when he was writing the script for this, um, he he made sure to get his ex wife's blessing on it. Oh, okay, apparently, that's And apparently, she she really did like the script as well. So I mean, I think that's all safe. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 do you know what? I didn't know that, and. That makes me feel much better about this film, knowing yes, that. Yeah. It's, it's, that's a relief. I mean, so this is talking vaguely about the end of the film. So Spoiler, putting that out. Guess what? It doesn't end happily. <laughs> well, <laughs> they get divorced. But I think in terms of, I think the merits of this film is it's portraying something in a, in a, super, in a super realistic manner. And obviously that there's no point in this film that I, well, there's one point possibly, but I, but that you maybe don't think at these two, still love each other yeah it's it's funny actually Alex that you say that this movie doesn't end happily I think that whilst it might not have been something that Adam Driver's character wanted initially I feel like it leaves room for them to be happy that actually maybe this is not something that they wanted initially or at least something he didn't want initially but it's actually something that they kind of need like yeah. it's it's leaving for them to leaving them room to be happy. That's really in interesting. Future. But we but we just don't get to see that. We just get to kind of imagine what their life together co-parenting looks like. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's a- maybe yeah, yeah, I think okay. Uh, yeah, you're right. I am wrong to say it so. Uh, it's interesting that I jumped to calling it an unhappy ending when you're right that they, they they I mean she gets exactly what she wants, right? Yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. And he and he's clearly dealing with it better than he has been in the body of the film at the end well, the, f- um, the, f- the film is so you start they've already decided to it's 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 only the divorce proceedings that we see we only we start once they're already deciding they've already separated basically but they're still living together and we end with a little flash forward i think about a year after they've actually gone through with yeah. the divorce so everything so everything we learn about their relationship prior is through conversations about it and talks about it and the letter it opens with two letters then both writing all the reasons they fell in love with the other person which comes back and oh it's such a 
I, I, that, yeah, that, that, the yeah. opening of that film is 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 beautiful. Yeah, the opening is yeah. amazing. It's just yeah. I I no, but I'm back. I haven't seen as many films of his as I think I should. I think he's a bit of an undersung director. But I was his... going to say I've never heard of him before this movie. If I'm being oh okay, honest. I I hadn't ever known what he did or who he was. Yeah, I've only ever seen one other of his films. Um. And I believe that's the case with you. I made yes. Jonah watch it. It's so. Um, but I'm going to make you watch it now. Uh, okay. Uh, Francis do. Ha is oh, wait. stunning. Have you seen I, it? Yes, I have seen it. How did I not know that was him? Well, that's him. <laughs> maybe, I just, um, maybe I just didn't make that connection. Uh, yes, no, I. Yes, written yes, with I have, him I have and Greta Gerwig. Yes, uh, you are an absolute powerhouse. Yeah, yeah. What, like, yeah, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. What a what power couple. A, that's, what a couple. Oh, that's my like, God. Um, Barry Jenkins and Lulu Wang. I mean, <laughs> yes. I mean, how can those two people be together? I mean, how, how is that much talent allowed not, to be in, not like, you know? Not having too much ego about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Well, because like, exactly. You, have, you have a lot of creatives that are couples and yet their relationships don't usually work out so nicely like in this well, look at marriage story, <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly um we can't talk about this film and not talk about the again we've said powerhouse a lot but laura dern is oh, just yeah. stunning in oh this. my god <laughs> I mean, oh my god I mean, well deserved again. She won the Oscar. She won the Best Supporting act, act, Actress Oscar, which maybe should have been Jennifer Lopez's. But you know what, Laura Dern deserved it completely. Um, and the way yeah, the, she's the, the, the lawyers are, and also there's a connection. Yeah, both of them, the three lawyers. There's mm-hmm. a connection as well to um, Scorsese and Goodfellas. If we wanted <laughs> yeah. to kind of as find long it, as I lived. As if we wanted to find, I can remember, I've always wanted to be a divorce lawyer. <laughs> if we want to find um, a thread between. All these films. Well, we we it, it, but you've also got Laura Dern. Well, that's what I'm saying. Bruce Dern, who was in uh, yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the the it's and Scar Joe is in uh, Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, um, Laura Dern is also in Little Women. Yeah. Of course, she is. It's yeah, a super yeah. incestuous year. This. Yeah, it really, it really is. is. Yeah, and Ford v Ferrari is also about a driver, as I said yeah. earlier. Um, <laughs> but the the the, t- the Christian Bale plays the son in Marriage Story. He's he's he disappears into that role. <laughs> Uh, I think that the great, I think that the, this film is summed up. I can't remember who's saying it that bit. I think it might be Adam Driver. This bit of he's paying all this money to try and have a relationship yeah. with his son to the lawyers, but he's spending the money that should go to his son on 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 yeah. this divorce yeah. proceedings. Yeah. It's just the way it, I think it's just the way it spins out of their control as soon as the lawyers. It's just horrendous to watch these because he's. Uh, you know, eventually, they've they've both kind of hired these monsters. One played by Laura Dern, which is incredibly, and, and one, yeah, and one by Ray Liotta, who's also yeah. amazing in this film. Mm, yeah, he's he's fantastic. And there's that scene um, where they're in the courthouse. It starts oh, and it's yeah, really yeah. close on this bench, and it's just the two of them are as far apart as they can be. With their and their lawyers are, are you know throwing these insults about and dragging the bottom of the barrel, trying to you know paint horrible pictures of each other and saying, you know, bringing up really personal things that they've obviously both disclosed. And then you cut to a wider shot and you see that they're in a courtroom filled with people. Like it's, yeah, it, this that, is, yeah. you know, they're in a family court. This is such a public setting. It's, oh, it's just horrible. I think it speaks volumes as to um, 
uh, I'm not really sure what I'm saying with this, but I think um, it's 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 really interesting how it progresses in terms of like bringing in law. And I wonder what it's like actually for people who are going through this in real life, like having to go through a divorce, why it turns into such a battle. Like ultimately you just want to not be married anymore and yet it turns into a fight over everything over like who gets the house who gets this you know random like random thing we got for our wedding who gets to look after the kid and it's it's just it's awful to watch because you it starts off being like you know Scarlett Johansson doesn't want to to be the nasty ex-wife that has to take her son away from his 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 father and yet it turns into such a nasty, ugly, like, battle between the two of them. But it's the last thing that either of them wanted. And I just, I, I think that was really hard for me to watch, was how how the lawyers handled it all. Yes, all the external people. So that, that, mm. it starts off with the two of them, they're kind of, they want to, you know, or we're going to solve this just amicably between us. And then it, at the end, that sort of, when it when when everything's washed over, it is just the two of them working it out, and it's just two of them solving it between them. But what happens is, I think, well, it starts off with Scarlett Johansson um, gets a lawyer, but that's because someone she's working with suggests, and it her and like she's and they're both kind of pushed by external forces. So she's pushed in the first place to lawyer up because someone who suggests, oh no, you need to do this, you need to lawyer up, and then he, and then Adam Driver's forced to kind of counter, and it's just and and. It's so it's 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 just kind of it's like their their relationship is taken out of their hands by other people who are just leeching off them for money. Yeah, yeah uh, but also the the lack of communication between the two of them as well. The fact that Scarlett Hansen's character decides, oh, I'm going to get a lawyer because someone's told me to, but she doesn't like sort of tell Adam yeah. Driver's character that she's going to get a lawyer because she thinks she she needs one in, in these sort of legal proceedings. And I think, yeah, the, the lack of communication they have even after they've decided to separate maybe speaks volumes yeah. of, as to why maybe the relationship broke down in the first place and why a lot of relationships break down is this, there's, there's not enough communication between the two people. But it does make you think, like, there's you know, there's the cliche of, oh, the ex-wife, the ex-husband and hating them. And you, I, that always confused me. And that obviously, you, you were close. Obviously, there's a thing of uh, the whiplash of going from loving someone to despising. But I think what the, what this film at least is saying is that a lot of that might come out of the stress of the divorce. Maybe mm. that that you, rather than the stress of the marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Like the the act of trying to divorce each other is such a you know, it costs, it's such an arduous task and they're both being watched by so many people and probed by so many people and paying so much money. Mm. And, and yeah, and that, and it, and it just, it, you get that scene where, I mean, there's two horrendous scenes with Adam Driver. One where he, the, the one which is quite famous now where he's, he, he has like, he breaks down and just, and, and yeah, 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 says yeah. to, Oh, I want to. I want to talk about that scene. Yeah, yeah. I want to go on. Well, I was, I, I think that that actually that scene there where they're in the empty flat and they kind of start that shouting at each other and then he breaks down and punches that drywall. Um, I, 
when I saw that, I was like, I'm not entirely convinced by that. I just, I think the fact that they both went to, they both went to anger was, I, I don't know, something just didn't sit too right with me. And then I was on, um, I was watching something on Twitter and uh, they kind of screen grabbed that clip and they captioned it and said, um, as an actor, it's very, very easy to portray anger. It takes a lot of, um, it takes a lot of skill as an actor to portray something a lot more nuanced. And I thought that that was quite interesting because like as, as great as I think the portrayals were and the, the performances were brilliant and, you know, were, were uh, nominated for the best for the best actor uh not mm-hmm. like rightly so but i think with that scene in particular it was very pivotal and yet going straight to anger i i, I don't know if i was convinced by that entirely I, I feel like if that had seen if that scene had been delivered with maybe a bit more nuance i feel like it could have been so much more powerful but that that it would be like my very very like niggling criticism to this movie to be honest that's interesting because i think for me that's been bubbling under he does go straight to anger in the scene but it feels like the amount of pressure we've been seeing kind of on him the entire time um and i think it's really interesting as well the kind of when you talk to people who've watched this film i think it's quite a different film depending on whose side you land on as well, actually. Yeah. Because um, I think, I'm speaking for Jonah as well, but I think we were both very much, you kind of get where he's coming from. Oh, I think. yeah, absolutely. I was but, I was on, I mean, I, I don't want to say I was on anybody's side. Well, yeah, exactly. It's all, all more complicated I, than that. But, I definitely yeah. felt a lot more um, empathy towards uh, Adam Driver's character than I did Scarlett Johansson's. Whereas I, I have spoken to people who felt completely the opposite. And and found him quite unsympathetic, and um, you know, which is which is completely fair enough. But I, but I think for me, he's been it's all that pressure's like I said been kind of on him, and he's it's it, as from his point of view, he's been completely messed about. Right, this was supposed to be yeah. simple, and then suddenly it's all getting hard, and 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 everyone's telling him that he's been horrible all this time, and he hasn't realised that he has been all of that stuff. And then I, I, so for me, I can buy it kind of blowing out like it does. Although yeah. I do, I do, like I do see what you context, mean. Putting it into context of the movie, I, 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 yeah, I'm not sure whether I'm agreeing with myself. Now. Well, yeah, but, 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 but equally, I can see what you mean about it being sort of, it's the most acty bit mm. of this film. And it, this film doesn't feel like they're acting, you know, so, some kind of acting, you kind of know that they're acting some some actors you kind of less so and that that bit is quite a well it's a big loud shouty yeah. Oscar yeah. Oscar Beatty bit right it's oh, abso- go, you know. absolutely um, it is a big Oscar bait scene for sure well I've said this before that I kind of like we've talked about the kind of the kind of when when you see the the shots of like um, best performances they're all people screaming at the top of their lungs and yeah. I, I think I I completely agree with what you're saying in terms of like nuance of like I think there's some you I think best performance is it, you should it should be in like you know the tiny little twitches or whatnot they're doing the t- you know that you yes. should, it's the tiny little readings but I think if I'm I think I'd say for this case I think 
I I th- I think that this one works for me, but partly because he's it's not. I think if you just took that scene on its own, I think it doesn't. It probably doesn't work. But I think if you do the if you take the entire performance that he's done and put it into context with that, I think that shows that shows range to me. And and, yes, yeah. and like Alex was saying, that it, it bubbling up. And I don't. I I can't quite decide if it's if he's. I don't know if he his character means it. The way, because he says he does. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm trying to work out, because it, it feels to me like it's not that he's being angry, he's just trying to hurt her in that yeah, moment. Yeah, nothing else has worked, says some, right? He says some yeah. very, very, like, cutting things in yeah. the scene as well. And then, but he immediately afterwards does something, I mean, like, mm. I, I think a 14-year-old boy with anger yeah. issues would do and, and punch some drywall. Um, and, yeah, like, him, him doing that is almost like, oh, fuck, I really shouldn't have said that. Like, I, I didn't mean to. It's just the pressure of everything. And then he breaks down in front of her. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I think I think that was, it was, it was, yeah, it's well justified that they are angry in that scene, definitely. Yeah, and she holds him, like, and she, I, I think it's yeah. obvious that she knows he doesn't, I think that, is, if she'd stormed out, I think it wouldn't have worked. The fact it, that, that scene is that they both, that they end with him, being held by her, I think it shows a it shows where they're coming from. Speaking oh, of I cutting, know who Jennifer Jason Lee is. <laughs> Sorry, Speak- I didn't realize she was married to. Je- I didn't remar- I didn't realize that was her. Jennifer Jason Lee was married to Noah Bambeck. Sorry. Um, Speaking forgot- of cutting, scenes. I was trying to work out. She was in The Machinist and yeah. uh, Hateful Eight. And lots of other things. She's an actor. She's been in stuff. Yeah. Sorry. Talking about cutting. Yes. Oh, I've got a, that's a great, um, <laughs> no, a great segue. Speaking of cutting, talking yeah, to yeah. about the other scene in this film, yeah, of this yeah. film that just churns your stomach. <laughs> Although, <laughs> I, <laughs> sorry. Oh, I thought you were going to say, no, well, okay? I, I, Jonah can speak to this, but I have a slightly different response to that scene than I think you're supposed to. Well, is the... I think it's fucking hilarious. I, I, I think, I mean, it's horrible. Oh, it's, it's not. It's, it's hilarious. It is funny, it's but so it's... so much. I, I was just laughing thinking about it. I, was, I just think it's amazing. So there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a scene where, so basically, oh, it's, it's making my skin crawl. Just think about it. It's, it's Adam Driver's being observed with his son to see if he's suitable for... Which... Already is genius, right? That yeah, it's, if he's, it's to see if he's suitable for um, for co-parenting. It's, there's so much pressure writing on this. He's had to, he's got a new flat that he's had to decorate to show that he lives close enough to his son. So it's, he's trying. It's, it's the whole it's the scene of him. He's trying to act normal and loving, and is it's and he's being observed by this odd woman who's come to just <laughs> she's just sitting she's not eating with them she's just observing them yeah who's the last and, person you'd want yeah and his son brings up oh do the trick with a knife and he and he's trying to, <laughs> and later on he's trying to explain and he, he does this like fake trick where he pretends to cut and he he's trying to show her that he's not the kind of person who would cut himself yeah in front of his child. And he accidentally take cuts his arm open with a stanley knife and is <laughs> but he's trying to hold literally hold his arm together so is not and it, like there's blood dripping out of it, and the woman's trying and the woman it, and the woman's trying to leave, and he's trying to act calm, and he's getting blood. On, oh my! It's but it's, oh. it's in fact I wanted to say that this scene's a really good example of this. This whole film is about escalation. Yeah, 
the whole film is about where we thought we were just going to do it ourselves and then she's got a lawyer so i've got to get alan alder who's also great and then that doesn't work so it gets she's getting nastier so i've got to get ray liotta which means both lawyers get nastier and then it's becoming us who are angry at each other not just the you know it's all about escalation and that little sequence is completely that in a nutshell right because it's just so beautifully staged he cuts his arm we know that he's cut it he stops the blood so it's fine and then the tissue he's holding oh no no it's his shirt first isn't it his shirt's getting he redder just and redder. It up. Yeah. so he yeah he buttons it over his cut his shirt's getting redder and redder so he unbuttons it rolls it up holds something on it and then that gets redder and redder and he then he goes to the door and he puts blood on the on the handle and she's ducking <laughs> away the woman's ducking away from him because he's flinging blood around. oh God. <laughs> and it just just like goes up and up and up and it gets worse and worse and worse and it's I, that I film where like it's, hilarious. The, it's the scene where you just you can't it, it's the car crash happening in front of yeah, you, totally, you don't yeah, where, totally you don't know whether to look away or to keep watching and see what happens and <laughs> i think actually he's playing it so well in that it's yeah. kind yeah, of so yeah. It, it's so small his he's kind of trying to play it so normally <laughs> but it's just getting out of hand is that, what's um, that what what films that scene from with um how oh, what's his uh, john favreau when he's on the phone and he keeps leaving voicemails oh in is swingers swingers yes i think yeah it's that having not seen swingers i'm not entirely sure but i'm it's pretty the, sure that's it's where he keeps digging a hole from and it keeps just getting worse and it's yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. it just it makes my skin crawl. Oh. <laughs> it's it's and then fantastic. His son comes yeah. into the kitchen. He says, "You all right?" He goes, "Yeah, I'm fine." He's just lying on the floor like he's bandaged his arm up. Like as soon as she's gone, he runs and starts like because he's weeping. And the oh. tap, and then that's a whole thing. And then it's a whole other thing. He can't get the plasters out. He can't. Oh my word! My it's word. one of those. I I it genuinely makes me uncomfortable, but it's such a good scene because it does that to me. Yeah, I, I just, I just think it's. I, but the thing is, I've done that exact. Well, I haven't. I haven't got my arm. <laughs> I've done. I, I want. You've I, been in that position. I yeah. yeah I once dropped. I had a hot. Day. Was I was alone. He, he was. Someone was uh, observing Joe <laughs> to see if he was good for cohabitation with with my with my child. Well, yeah, child. Spot of eyes, of course. No, I once. <laughs> I once was alone in the house. Dropped a hot ceramic dish. Stepped on a piece of pottery. It went ah, through my foot. Ah, and oh. was, and oh was alone in the house, and basically my my parents came home and they said there was just a trail of blood through the kitchen oh, to the back, oh and I had to God. like band it. So I, I maybe it, maybe that's why it triggers something in me, but I have experience of trying to staunch bleeding. I I cannot tell you how much my asshole clenched when you said that these pottery went through your foot. Yes. Oh my god! Oh, I can't get that image out of my head now. Oh, so maybe that's why I reacted. But so <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying eight films, but there are nine films this year. I, I sorry, my numbers today has not been not been good. Um, Marriage Story. Is there anything else? Is there anything else? I mean, it's just what a film. What a film. It's just great. It, th- that one does deserve to be honest. Yeah. I, mm, completely. Yeah. I think, just um, stunning. I think it's really interesting that like at the end of, like when I watched it for the first time, um, at the end of it, I was like, do you know what? That made me feel really uncomfortable because I was watching two people, watching their marriage fall apart and basically both of them go through like quite, you know, a, an emotionally tormenting time. And yet you've had this like Toy Story theme 
going throughout the background of the film. <laughs> and then it wasn't until afterwards I found out that Randy Newman did the score. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, yeah, that makes so much sense now. <laughs> Great score. Great score. It is, yeah, it's a brilliant score, but it almost feels like it shouldn't be part of this movie because it's too, like, it's almost too jolly. But, but, may- but maybe that works. Maybe that kind of juxtaposition of, like, seeing something kind of, you know, quite emotionally distressing on... And, and then having the sort of joyful piano theme going throughout. Maybe, maybe that's kind of, maybe that works. I don't know. Yes, that music does mean it's time. But uh, don't worry, the second part of this conversation will be coming your way very soon. So don't panic, stay calm. 